You're listening to a podcast from Catalyst Vineyard Church, Aberdeen. You can find out more about our church, as well as more talks on our website, catalyst.fin. Good morning. It is my pleasure to be here and uh, talking to you guys in your living rooms, your bedrooms, wherever you're watching from. And this morning I get to talk about one of my favourite things. And it's also one of Luke's favourite things because we're still in the series of Acts. We're talking about Christ, his church and his cause. And um, it's one of my favourite things because church has been a transformative thing for me. It wasn't always Growing up, church was a place that I didn't ever feel like I belonged. Um, It was a place that other people went to, maybe a place where people who were a bit more clever than me or, uh, I don't know, had more money than me. I'm not sure what exactly formed my perspective, uh, but it certainly wasn't a place that I felt like I belonged to until I met some people and I was invited to church. And actually what Luke is talking about all the way through his gospel and all the way through the book of Acts is the birthplace of the church. He's talking about the early church and then its growth both in number and in understanding. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, two of my favorite things. When I first came to church, it was my, I guess, birthplace of faith. It's where people introduced me to Jesus and who he was and what he had done uh, for me personally. And it was the first time that I'd really heard it explained in that way. It's a place that I discovered who I was, who I was created to be, who I, um, who had a plan and a purpose. It's something I hadn't heard until that point. Understanding that there's a creator God who gave us all life and and has this wonderful plan for us. It's almost like I'd been asleep before then and then I came alive and and woke up um, in the church. And I I want you to hold on to that as we're talking um, about these points this morning. We are in Acts, we're in chapter 21. It is in the New Testament and uh, a little bit from the back. And so Acts 21, verse 1 to 16, let me read. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. The next day we went to Rhodes and from there, Patara. We found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, went on board and set sail. After sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we sailed on to Syria. We landed in Tyre where our ship was to unload its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and we stayed there for seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us to the, to the city and there to the beach where we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. We continued our voyage from Tyre and landed to Ptolemus, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. After we'd been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet and said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owners of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. 
When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, Lord's, the Lord's will be done. After this, we started on our way up to Jerusalem. Okay, I think jumping out of this passage is just deep, deep connections with people. Just to, to set some context for you, this is Paul and Luke and a bunch of other people on um, what they're calling Paul's third mission. So he's going back around the church that he's planted. He's there to encourage them and love them. We see him just having left the church of Ephesus. And the language Luke is using here is really personal. Um, they, they tear themselves away from one another as Paul and the guys are leaving. The first thing that I think we discover in church is connection. We discover a deep connection with people. You see it here with Paul and Luke. You see it all the way through the book of Acts with Timothy, with Silas, with Barnabas. You see it with all of the other disciples before that. And you see it all the way through the rest of the Bible. Connections is what we're made for. It's how God made us. We're meant to do this together. Actually, if you skip back a little bit to the end of the last chapter, you see that this has actually been a really heartbreaking moment because what they're seeing is that Paul is going on to Jerusalem, which is going to be a place where he is um, put on trial, a place where people aren't going to treat him very well. And so you can see the pain and the, um, the turmoil that they're going through to say goodbye to him. They're having to tear themselves away. And I wonder for you this morning, what does the word friendship conjure up for you? Some people have lots of friends. Some people have really good, solid, deep connections with a few people. But actually, friendship can sometimes be a bit of a painful word. Friendship can be something that is, well, it is really difficult to maintain friendships, but sometimes we're hurt in friendships. Sometimes we've had to leave friends behind through ge geography or through circumstance. And as I, as I was preparing this talk, I wondered if there was someone sitting at home right now actually feeling quite lonely, knowing that you would love connection, but perhaps you've shut down because of what's going on or what has gone on in your life. And, and this passage to me is an encouragement that God says it's not over yet. He says it's not over yet. There are connections for you and the church could be a place where you discover them. You know, I think it's one of the places that the enemy seeks to rob us. The Bible talks about the enemy being a thief who comes to rob, steal, kill and destroy things in our lives. And, and I think this is one of the places where he breaks in, especially in this post-COVID world where we were all, I guess, conditioned to believe that we would damage one another if we were in each other's company. I wonder if actually the truth is we've all found it difficult to reconnect with others post-COVID. And if you couple that with a world where uh, everything is, it's a throwaway culture, isn't it? So it's, it's instant, it's now, and if it's not working, we just throw it away. If you couple those two things together, it's no wonder lots of people are in a position where they don't realise the deep connections that are available to us. For me, church is the place that I discovered those deeper connections. 
Uh, I remember the first time I walked into the church building, I was met by two wonderful people who to this day are, are good friends of mine and they welcomed me in the most loving and authentic and encouraging way. Their names are Ruth and Adrienne and they have a gift of hospitality. They welcomed me, they encouraged me, they actually really wanted to know who I was and uh, were interested in my life. And that kind of took me by surprise, if I'm honest. I kind of thought I'd walk into church, nobody would really take notice of me and I'd walk out again. Um, but they connected me with lots of other people. They, we use this phrase in our church, let me introduce you to. And they introduced me to lots of other people. And it turned out that there was lots of people in church that were from the same village as me. I soon got connected into a connect group where there um, were all of these incredible people, people who I might not have met um, in my everyday life, but people who were there to bless me, to encourage me, to help me be strong um, in life and in faith. There were people who nurtured the faith that I was developing. There were people who pointed me to Jesus relentlessly time and time again. Every time it felt like I was going to give up, every time it felt like this, this world was too much and I couldn't do it, they pointed me to Jesus. They continually pointed me to God's word in the Bible. They helped me create deep connections with both them and with God. You see, church is not just a building. It's a place where we can develop these connections. It's, a, it's about people and connecting with people. There's so many times in the Bible that talks about one another. It talks about um, people and loving people really well. It's in Jesus' own, own words, isn't it? We're called to love one another. And that's uh, where we can find it, is church. And so I wonder if you're sat there this morning thinking, I've never found that. I, I don't, I'm, I'm quite excited to hear that that could be available to me. Then I would encourage you to look around. It might not be that you live in Aberdeen or the Shire. Maybe you live further away and you can't come to one of our locations. I would just strongly urge you to look for a local church and to get knitted in to a local church. And if you are local to one of our sites, then find one of our sites, come along. You will receive the warmest of welcomes. You will receive deep connections, both with other people and with God. And actually this coming week, connect groups start up again, and we've called them connect groups for that reason, because they're smaller groups of people that meet in the week where we can do life together, just like um, I discovered. And they're just so vital. And so I would encourage you, if you haven't yet signed up for a connect group and you're in the life of our church, then please do jump online and sign up for a connect group. The other thing that I think you see jumping out of this passage is that church is a place where you can discover hidden gifts. I'm not really talking about hidden talents. Uh, I'm not talking about people, you know, suddenly doing little tricks and pulling tablecloths away from tables or playing the harmonica or, you know, don't think Britain's got talent. But think about Christmas Day. Christmas Day for me as a kid, actually really early in morning on Christmas Day. Anyone who has children knows that early, it starts very early. Uh, and my parents used to leave a pillowcase of gifts um, at the bottom of my, of my bed before they went to bed. And so I knew that if I listened for them going to bed, I could get up and open all of those gifts. Anyone else do that? No? Maybe just me. It says a lot about who I am. And so I would be unwrapping all of these gifts and then I would go back to sleep knowing that in the morning I would wake up and come downstairs and see the real gifts downstairs. 
Um, and so this is a tradition that we carried on in our family and so we did this with our children. Once they were old enough to understand, we put pillowcases at the bottom of their bed and put lots of little gifts um, in their pillowcases. And I still remember them opening them. They came through, they were excited, they said thank you, they went back to sleep. And when they woke up in the morning, they had no idea that there was going to be more gifts. When they came down into the living room, they were so surprised to see more gifts and actually even better gifts downstairs on the sofa, ready and waiting for them. And guys, that's what church can be like. When you walk into church, you can suddenly become aware that there are so many gifts available to you. Not least the gift of friendship that we've just been talking about, but the gift of um, the Holy Spirit. The gift of God by his spirit filling you completely, of you discovering your identity in God. And there are so many gifts that Paul talks about, not just um, in what we hear from Luke through Acts. We hear Paul in all of his letters after Acts talking to the church about gifts. And in this passage, we hear about the gift of prophecy, which is really just a technical fancy word for hearing from God for other people. Hearing from God, something that you wouldn't have known that will seek to bless and encourage and edify other people and the rest of the church. You see in verse nine, Luke really specifically points out that Philip has four daughters uh, who prophesy. It's normal in the church for people to be operating in such gifts. You also see what you might consider to be a slightly strange passage in, in verse 10, where Agabus acts out this dramatic thing. I don't know if you're, you're like me and you imagine it as you're reading it, but Agabus seems like a strange character at this point because he takes Paul's belt and he wraps his arms and his legs around it and he's, you know, he's dramatically telling that Paul is going to face um, uh, trauma and hurt and they're going to they're gonna seek to, to cause him harm in Jerusalem. But you see, when you look at the context of all of this, what Luke is really keen to point out is that Agabus is, is following a tradition, a tradition that, he, that Agabus will have seen acted out all the way through his life as he got to know the scriptures and in particular all the way through the Old Testament. There are prophets who specifically hear from God and who act them out. And so Agabus is, is putting himself in the shoes of people like Isaiah and like Ezekiel. And I think that Luke is doing this really um, intentionally. He's doing this to point out that there is an overarching story all the way through the Old Testament to the New Testament, that God's kingdom is coming and has come. He's pointing out this big story about how we can tap into God's kingdom when we know and love Jesus. When we give our lives to him, we get to see glimpses of the kingdom of heaven now on this earth. We don't have to walk around in darkness anymore. We get to experience Jesus on this earth right now. We get to operate in gifts like prophecy. We get to see miracles. We get to see healings on this earth right now. And I don't know about you, but that is something that makes me feel very excited. I think of time, a time before I used to know Jesus and before I came to church, I guess I kind of wandered around not really knowing what life was all about. And then in this, um, once I got to this point where I realized there was all these other things available to me through the Holy Spirit, it's like, like I said earlier, it's like it woke me up. It's like suddenly I realized what it was all about. 
you see these people, this little crew, this band of people going round blessing and encouraging all of the church. Um, they're not only encouraged by their own connections and by their friendships, but they're encouraged by the Holy Spirit. They are urged by the Holy Spirit to share with one another what God might be saying. And the keen-eyed among you might be thinking, well, this seems a bit contradictory because before Paul has said that he's going to Jerusalem and that he's going anyway, and he feels compelled by the Holy Spirit to go when you read before chapter 21. And here, it seems like the Holy Spirit is saying, don't go to Jerusalem. But in actual fact, what's happening is God is forewarning Paul and confirming his own suspicions that there is a time coming in Jerusalem that's going to be difficult. It's God's kindness that's pointing it out. But due to their deep connections here in friendship, of course, they begin to think, oh my goodness, there's a tough time coming. Don't go. Let me save you from that tough time. And then Paul says, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I have the Holy Spirit. I know that God has this plan for me. It's part of God's design and plan for my life that I would go to Jerusalem. He knows. He knows the truth. He's guided by the Holy Spirit. And he knows what's ahead and he's not afraid of it. What an incredible gift even just that is. And so church is a place where you can discover hidden gifts. And then church is also a place where you can discover um, a safe place to practice, a training ground. These people have traveled together for a long time. They've known each other for a long time, but that wasn't always the case. When you go right back to the start, when they first were kind of pulled together from all different directions, they didn't know each other all that well. But what they did know is that God had plans for them. They did know that there were gifts available to them. And so they practiced with one another. And you can see the pattern of that all the way through the start of Acts. You see them begin to step out and follow what the Holy Spirit is saying. You see people um, begin to use their gifts, sometimes for the first time. Gifts like hospitality, gifts like prophecy, gifts of healing. How incredible to see miracles happening on this earth right now. We all need a safe place to practice these things. And one of the things I love most about the church is that it is a place where we can encourage one another to step out and be bold in new gifts. When Paul talks about all of these gifts in his letters to the church in Corinth and Galatia and, and Ephesus, he talks about all of these gifts being widely available to everyone. That means you and me. That means we get to partner with the Holy Spirit and it means we get to try new things. We get to try listening to God and hearing from him for the first time. I remember the first time that happened for me, I was being prayed for by two friends. And in my own head, what I was thinking was, is this is pointless. This is hopeless. The situation that's facing me cannot change. This is, this is it. This is the end. What is even the point of us praying together for this? And at that moment, one of my friends says, you might be wondering what the point of you praying about this is. You might be thinking, this is hopeless, this cannot end, this situation cannot change. But God wants you to know that with him, nothing is impossible. God wants you to know that there is hope in this situation through Jesus. And in that moment, my eyes opened wide because I just thought, how did you even know what was going on in my head? It felt like such a, a crazy thing to happen. And they explained, well, I, I was listening to God and I felt like that might be what God wanted, wanted you to hear. 
It was a revelation moment where I realized that God can use other people to call out something in us in order to bring healing, in order to bring strength, in order to bring courage. Those people were practicing. They were using their gifts with me, and it definitely was part of my journey. Let's look just before we, before we come into land, let's just look at Philip's story because we hear Philip spoken about in this passage. He's actually affectionately known as Philip the uh, Evangelist. This is Philip who was uh, one of the seven back in the start of Acts, um, people that were sent out. He was in charge of ministry to the poor and administrating it. Um, and then through um, the moment where Stephen dies, the church is scattered and Philip goes off on this journey and on his way, which is just wonderful. There are so many moments in the Bible that are on the way to um, a place, something happens with God. And so on his way, he meets um, an Ethiopian stranger who is pouring through scriptures. He has the scripture of Isaiah and he's pouring through it. And Philip comes alongside him and they just start having this conversation. You know, do you understand what you're reading? And in that conversation, this stranger sees Jesus for the first time, understands that Isaiah is talking about the coming king and the coming king is Jesus. Philip is able to teach and explain in a way that, that maybe other people wouldn't for this man to suddenly understand who Jesus is what he did and, and who he is and all that is to come for this man. And so in that moment, this man gives his life to Jesus and is baptized, not in a lovely baptismal pool, not in a swimming pool, not even in the sea, but in a puddle at the side of the road because that's what, that's what they did. They believed and they were baptized immediately. How incredible. Philip's gift of being able to explain Jesus in that way. And he'd clearly practiced it before that point. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't have been his first time explaining Jesus. And so friends, church is a place where you can discover connections. It's a place where you can discover your hidden purpose and God's plan for your life and all the gifts that are available. And through the Holy Spirit, you can practice those gifts and help um, understand what God's plan is for your life. I wonder what your gifting is. I wonder what that is for you. Maybe you've been to church for a long time and you know what your gifting is and you're already operating in it and you're loving it. Maybe you've got just the first beginnings of a thought about what it is that God might be asking you to step into, but you're not quite sure how to do that. We're going to pray for you in a little moment. And I just wonder if there's some people here feeling quite stirred, feeling quite stirred and excited about the thought of being part of a community, being part of a, a group of people who will bless and encourage and honour and respect and love you into a place where you can see God the Father and a place where you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for you too. And I, I definitely think as I was preparing this talk, talk, I think there are people sat there right now listening and thinking, I don't even really know who Jesus is. I've heard of him, but I'm not really sure what that means for me. But I would quite like to find out. And, and, and I think God has been preparing you to a point where you, you want to know more, where you want to give your life to Jesus this morning. So I'm going to say a prayer. You can follow along with me in your living room, either out loud or in your own head and heart. Um, we'll pray that prayer together. And that is just the beginning of a journey for you. It is the beginning part where you get to say yes 
to Jesus, where you get to surrender your life to Jesus. The next part is finding your, your group of people, finding your tribe. So let me pray. And then I'll let you know where you can, join, where you can find that information. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your church. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would fill everyone right now that is watching. Lord, that you would show them where their connections are. For the people that are sat feeling isolated and lonely, Father God, would you step into that place with them? Would you minister to them and comfort them? And then would you begin to reveal to them where they'll find connections? Father God, for people that are feeling stirred about gifts that you can help them to operate in, I pray, Lord, even right now that you would let someone know what it is that you want for them, that you would drop something into their mind and into their heart, and that you would give them courage to step out in boldness, that you would put people around them to encourage them in that gifting. And then for anyone that wants to know Jesus for the first time, you're going to say this prayer. My Father in heaven, thank you for putting Jesus into this world, for sending him to die for my sin, for his resurrection and the power that I now have through that. I choose now to believe in Jesus. I choose to turn away from the life that I've been living. I'm sorry that that life hasn't looked how you want it to look, Lord. I turn my eyes to you now, Jesus. And I ask, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Would you guide me? Would you pour out your love on me? And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And if that is you, if that's the first time you've said that prayer, or maybe the first time in a very long time, then I'd encourage you to go to our website. On our website, there is a place that says um, connect. There's a place that says new to church and new to faith. And if you explore there, you'll find your next steps in faith. But what I want you to hear most is that there are people that can help you with this journey. And so maybe for you, your next step is emailing us, um, emailing Libby, our online pastor, at onlinepastor.catalyst.vin. You'll find that online too. But my encouragement to you would be to connect with people. And right now we're about to go into a time of worship where we get to connect with God. And so we're going to sing to him. So I would just encourage you to steady your hearts, open up your heart to him as we worship. Amen. Amen.